the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. It is World Maritime Day and we should be highlighting the importance of shipping to the wider world with a particular focus this year on seafarers and their role as the backbone of globalised trade. But as shipping rallies behind calls for a fairer future for seafarers at the core of shipping's decarbonised, digitalised epoch shift, we really need to consider why we have collectively failed to deliver a fair present. Suicides, abandonment, missing seafarers, lack of vaccinations, denied medical treatment, denied crew changes, untreated mental illness. These failures continue day in, day out for too many. So, for World Maritime Day this year, we have invited the International Maritime Organization Secretary General, Mr. Kitak Lim, to join the podcast and offer his view, not just on the future vision for seafarers, but the immediate problems that industry institutions and governments have seemingly been unable to resolve. Welcome to the podcast, Secretary General. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Uh, very pleased to uh, see you again. Thank you. So we're talking seafarers again. We spoke about seafarers a few months back when we were talking about uh, the day of the seafarer. It has been a consistent thread through almost all the discussions we've been having over the last two years because of the pandemic and the impact that it's had on seafarers. The reality is that seafarers have borne the brunt of a lot of the issues that have been uh, thrown at the global supply chain. And it has been a very difficult period for seafarers. So while we are considering the future of seafarers, we also need to address the present of seafarers, in my view. Despite noted improvements in rates of vaccination for seafarers, only 25% of seafarers are are now fully vaccinated. Um, Most are not in line to receive a vaccine through national programs until at least 2022. Meanwhile, severe travel restrictions across the world have led to seafarers being stranded on board for more than 18 months. In view of this, in view of the repeated calls from everybody from G20 leaders to the Pope himself to keep world trade moving, Um, for governments to meet their obligations under the diplomatic conventions to which they are all signatories. We need to talk about why this isn't working. Why do you think we have been unable to improve the situation for seafarers? Why has it taken so long? Uh, Thank you for raising uh, that point. Uh, First of all, uh, I would like to express my uh, heartfelt sympathy uh, to the uh, seafarers working uh, on board or uh, staying shore for their uh, the, uh, suffering from the particular COVID situation. And also I'd like to uh, thank the all seafarers for their devoted contribution for the uh, global supply chain by you know, continuous you know, uh, transport service themselves under COVID situation despite the difficulties. But IMO is, uh, you know, uh, as you know, the as a rulemaking body and for the shipping, together with the uh, international labor organization, who is in charge of the uh, maritime labor convention MLC. We have been collaborating a lot, and together with the industry group to help seafarers 
there has been a, a different uh, diversified effort, including uh, issuing a guideline protocol over certain information to the member state, or sometimes we strongly encourage the uh, member state uh, to do, to help uh, seafarers. This even there is there has not been you know very successful outcome to date, but there has been a certain level of the progress in terms of the number of seafarers stranded, and also in terms of a number of countries who are allowing you know seafarers crew change or vaccination. Is that there has been a clearly like a progress, improvement to date, even though it is not too, too, too much satisfactory. However, you know, we have to admit uh, certain actual inevitable limitation. So we are talking with, uh, collaborating with IRO and uh, collaborating with uh, a member state, particularly through the uh, Ministry of uh, Transport. But as you know, transport as well, and as well as uh, the uh, Minister of uh, Labor. However, the crew-related uh, vaccine and the crew change issues relating to COVID issues, this is uh, very much uh, like decided by the Minister of uh, Health mm. and the quarantine. So this is issues. But there has been a lot of effort to facilitate communication, even within a country among relevant uh, ministries. But, uh, you know, uh, I believe uh, something uh, should be uh, done uh, more. At the same time, the IMO, together with IRO, we have been dealing with uh, many cases of abandonment of seafarers following uh, a bankrupt uh, the shipping company under COVID situation, which is a case uh, can be deteriorating uh, under COVID situation. However, you know, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the IMO, together with the IRO, uh, will continue the, our utmost effort to support. But in a way, in a way, I believe this year, you know, World Maritime Theme, as you know, seafarers at the core of a shipping's future. I believe it is a, a sort of opportune, like uh, the timing, for all of us, think about the seafarers, their current status, the existing practices or existing legal system regulations surrounding seafarers, and then think about the future status of seafarers. This, in a way, uh, we have to take advantage of this opportunity to review, to help the seafarers. So we will continue uh, work uh, in, in a good cooperation with uh, IRO and other UN agencies, WHO, ICO, etc., and then uh, with the industry representative. At this moment, I have to again, you know, uh, have to say appreciate to the uh, industry group for their extraordinary support. Mm. They have done, in a way, beyond their mandate, beyond their capability. So, really appreciate ICS, uh, BIMCO. ITF, uh, Intertanko, Intermanager, etc. They have done uh, their utmost effort. I really appreciate it about that. No, and, and that is understood, and it's well appreciated. That the IMO and you personally have, you know, made many interventions over the last eighteen months. 
But as you pointed out, the lack of traction is at a national level where the health and immigration ministries are not necessarily linking up with the good words that are coming out of, say, the transport departments. And that is a problem. It's a problem because shipping gets so little attention from <coughs> transport sector politicians compared with, say, you know, automotive, rail, truck, even the aviation sector. And I think what the crew change crisis has proved is that the low profile of shipping as an issue on a national level is damaging the industry and its ability to actually leverage any real change. And it's almost like seafarers are at the back of the queue every time. So, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, how do you think the IMO can help link up member state delegates with national government politicians? And I ask that really to ask what are the conversations that are not being had? Because we know <clears throat> that lots of things are being discussed. But what's the missing link here? Uh, respect to that uh, question, I have to say, first of all, I know each uh, IMO member uh, government, they have a sufficient interest in supporting uh, seafarers under the COVID situation. And uh, not only like uh, transport ministry, but also labor ministry is themselves. They uh, have been uh, keep talking with uh, relevant other ministry, including the Minister of Health. What I'm going to say, this is uh, uh, basically can be done by the, by the government function, by the relevant minister. It is indirectly influenced by the uh, politicians, political group, but the main body to play this one is a governmental organization, relevant ministry. So uh, that's why uh, we have been collaborating with the IMO to talk with the transport ministry, labor ministry, and also health ministry as well. So we have been keep talking. So. At the moment, I have to say, awareness of these issues has been improved quite high. High, not only transport, the labor ministry, health mm. ministry also. Because this is relevant to the global trade. There are trade issues. There are impact to the, the economy, to the individual country. However, as you know that, as you have seen the development of COVID around the world, it is really, I would say, it is sort of a, like a uh, wartime operational aspect. You know? It's more than our imagination, if you recall uh, from the outset of the COVID situation mm. today. So that's why, you know, not only is EPRS, you know, other uh, people in, working in the different industry, they have been also suffering. But at the moment, I have to <clears throat> mention, compare, when it comes to the international business industry, compared to the aviation, shipping is uh, actually one which have more complicated element. Owner of a ship, ship operating company, ship registry, ship management company, seafarers, mm. their nationality, all of them may be different can be different in many cases. Mm. So responsibility 
and the governing like uh, structure, hierarchy, very diversified compared to the aviation. That's why in terms of efficiency of the whole policy to be done, there is certain certain uh, position you know can working slowly than other organization. But with that uh, constraint, I believe you know member states have been much higher, highly aware of these issues. And also we have to uh, we have to uh, continue to raise these issues to the, the member state. But as, as I mentioned, I really uh, highlight uh, my plan. Already we are our secretary preparing. IMO, together with ILO, we are going to review whole process from the outset of the COVID in terms of impact to the seafarers regarding current practices, existing rule, scheme, environment. So we, we are going to review all aspects of the uh, seafarers, uh, like a social and uh, working condition. Mm. And then we will develop certain uh, policy, how to improve this situation. One, why we have to do is that not only uh, impact from COVID, we are developing, uh, promoting uh, digitalization. And the GHG climate change is a policy. Climate change is to go along with the digitalization and together with the automation. So all like a change is taking place at the same time. We have to see how this one would impact the CPR later. So together with the impact from COVID, together with the impact from technological and policy developed from IMO to the shipping and the CPRs. So we have to prepare for the future in terms of uh, like status of CPRs. Okay. So this is our, our plan. I want to come back to some of those future plans in a second, but I, I don't want to leave the present without tackling the rather worrying rise in, in mental health issues for crew on board. The pandemic has you know, increased job stress that it can impact seafarers' mental health, including family pressures, limited shore leave. You know, these are all issues that affect everybody in, in, in the shipping industry, but particularly those uh, on, on board. That has led to um, many to voice their concerns about safety at sea as fatigue and stress at least to increase casualties. So, I mean, from the IMO's perspective, what what more can be done to improve the situation for seafarers right now? Uh, and, and, and what supports can be put in place to help with mental health at sea? Uh, thank you for raising very, very important uh, element. Uh, at the moment, you know, as you uh, know well, I believe, you know, a shipping company, operating company, management company, and ITF uh, labor union, seafarer union, they are working on these issues. Definitely, fatigue issues, mental health issues, very, very much related to the safety navigation of a shipping. It's a true. And also, uh, <clears throat> I believe all IMO member government are paying attention to that issues as well. However, on top of that, on top of a very different kind of a guidance protocol to the member state, but I am going to issue separate uh, <clears throat> like uh, correspondence to the member state. Mm particularly 
member states who are mainly like uh, <clears throat> the uh, supplying, uh, providing uh, seafarers to the global shipping. So I'm going to uh, send out uh, correspondence, you know, highlight these issues, like uh, encouraging their, you know, uh, policy to pay more attention to this aspect in terms of uh, mental health, fatigue issues, or seafarers. At the same time, luckily, IMO has been talking this one. We are going to uh, adopt our own separate exclusive strategic direction human element. I appreciate very much decision by Maritime Safety Committee. That I hope this is uh, adopted by the uh, this coming assembly. Mm. <clears throat> With this uh, exclusive strategic direction, we will develop different policies focusing on seafarers human element. So we are going to invest our, not only our, our manpower, but we are going to invest a certain like uh, the uh, capacity building uh, project in that uh, element. So I believe it is a, a very important uh, the, uh, momentum and the COVID situation we, so that we can pay more attention to the seafarers human element aspect. So I believe that there will be a clear, visible the output about this issue in, in, the, in the near future. So we, we, uh, we will work uh, closely together with the ILO. And also, even though uh, Maritime Labor Convention belongs to the International Labor Organization, however, we will do, we will do our role to look up the seafarers. Not limited to the uh, like uh, traditional mandate of the IMO, but we will expand our uh, contribution to help uh, uh, seafarers. This that's why we are going to adopt a separate straight direction of a human element this uh, December. So okay. we will do our best. We will look out for that. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is the latest edition of the Seafarer Workforce Report, uh, which I'm sure you saw a few months back, warns that. The industry is going to need to significantly increase training and recruitment levels if it's going to avoid a serious shortage uh, in the total supply of officers by 2026, which is not that far away. Um, and to be fair, I don't think those figures fully reflect the impact of COVID and all of those issues that we have just discussed <clears throat> on the workforce. Are you in any way concerned that recruitment is going to increasingly be a problem for shipping? And, and, and do you think we, we risk losing a generation of seafarers due to the current pandemic? But the basically, uh, <clears throat> to my understanding, I know there is a concern by the shipping industry, you know, the possible shortage of a seafarers supply in the future. But the, based on my understanding, my experience, my personal experience and also my experience as a secretary of this IMO, I'm not too worried about that issues. Mm -hmm. That can be resolved. One element, there is a demotivation of CFRs by impact of COVID. We will we will uh, look up the, that the negative uh, the aspect mm. to protect the seafarers, encourage seafarers. Particularly, uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to talk 
with the major seafaring countries about these issues, respect to their training, education, and uh, moral aspect as well mm. for the future seafaring uh, profession. At the same time, you know, they will be a very strong, important partner to IMO when we develop our future strategy mm. respect to the straight direction under the human element. That's why we will touch upon this one. At the same time, I already proposed to the industry, I'm going to organize a separate meeting with the ICS, ITEP, all the industry group to focusing these issues to uh, uh, minimize or eliminate any obstacle. At the same time, what I'm going to say, there is a IMMU, International Association of Maritime University. Yes. Another one, IMLA, International Maritime Lecturers Association. I'm going to communicate with them. They are directly communicating or uh, the uh, campus conversation with the student cadet, you know. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm going to talk directly with them to deliver my clear message to the future seafarers, motivate them mm -hmm. not to be depressed by the current uh, COVID situation. So one is uh, toward the government, one is toward the industry, one is toward the educational institution and the those association. So a different layer, we are going to make a conversation to uh, motivated their, their morale. This Which is interesting because I, th I think if you look at the issues and you mentioned them yourself, I mean, we, we have a confluence of, of seismic shifts rippling through this industry, decarbonization, uh, digitalization uh, being the sort of the key drivers, but the output of that uh, suggests that we are going to see an increasing level of autonomy uh, running through the industry. According to a recent survey, 40% of seafarers are seriously worried about the impact of autonomous shipping on their jobs. And while the IMO is obviously working to regulate autonomous maritime technology to some extent, are you concerned about the consequences for, for seafaring as a profession uh, and the skills and experience that they are you know, potentially going to be bringing on shore as well down the line? Uh, thank you for the question, uh, but the based on uh, uh, my uh, observation and the performance as I see, I know there is a concern myself. I have uh, 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 talked several times in a way before CPR is concerned about that I have started to mention. Mm. I myself experienced, I know the sentiment of CPRs. In short, full Autonomous ship is something to come true in the longer future. Longer future. Some full autonomous ship may be working, may some working in a limited area of a coastal region. So full automation for the normal ocean going ships, a big ship, is something to come much later stage one mm. second one why is that there is a many many like uh, unseen issues including operational aspect between auto full autonomous ship and the traditional ship 
And then also CFRS performance following many different function of equipment and design of ship. And then their legal liability following maritime accident, mm. including uh, like, uh, like looking up the collect issues. That is huge challenging issues. Without this resolve, we cannot uh, take like a full autonomous ship in the reality, except you know certain limited part. Okay. As as you mentioned, uh, like uh, digitalization of ships operation is come together with the policy of uh, climate change issues because in terms of efficiency, that's why certain level of automation based on GHG policy and. Uh, digitalization, certain level of automation will be reality, yeah. will come more to the, uh, the, the, the ocean going ships as well. However, at this moment, I have to, I want to make it clear, operation of a navigation, ship's operation, and the operation of a propulsion engine room, this pattern, I don't think a change. It will stay. Mm. As it is, even you know the automation continues support whole operation of ships uh, by the automation. That's why even that those automation can support human beings see fair as a performance on board the ship. But the main frame or paradigm of work, navigation and the engine operation will remain as it is. And also, this autonomous automation issue definitely, together with the digitalization, will contribute to the uh, like mitigating or uh, reducing maritime safety, maritime accident. That's why we are very much welcome. That's why, in conclusion, seafarers uh, working at the, at the present don't need to worry about much about impact by the automation. So this one. And the second one uh, element I have to uh, mention, the uh, experience expertise from seafaring. It's a very, very important, not only ship's operation. These expertise experience can be very much utilized occupation on shore. Likewise, for instance, port operation. Port operation, they need like stevedores, Labors or workforce, CFRS experience, you know, and expertise can be easily, you know, adapting to that the port operation as well. One second one, when it comes to shipbuilding industry, seafaring expertise experience is very much welcomed by the shipbuilding industry as well. Mm -hmm. So should be certain intercommunication, shipping seafarers part and uh, port part and uh, shipbuilding part mm -hmm. should be certain cooperation and then uh, this uh, process will be uh, the uh, opportunity for the CPRs uh, will be more to move to shore at the later stage. At the same time, like experience in uh, ship's engine operation of a big shipping and ship's engine, it is crucial experience which cannot be obtained on shore. They can be welcomed by the management of a big building, like a department store, hotel. They have a some, they have a certain something like an engine room to 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 run.
those building. Mm. So seafarers who experience an engine room, they must be very welcome to that uh, the profession and easy to obtain relevant certificate on shore. That's why uh, government needed to guide seafarers how they move later to the shore side. This is also relevant. Mm. So in that sense, you know, I uh, already had some discussion, but I will promote discussion with the uh, industry group together with the ITF, how to guide the seafarers, you know, based on that one, they can be moved to the shore. So they can be motivated you know, to enjoy their sea, sea life, you know, seafaring profession working on board the ship. This is my idea. And that, that is kind of the key, really. If, if we're looking for a sort of a headline summary of, of what we're talking about this World Maritime Day, the future of shipping is very much dependent on that highly skilled, diverse, flexible workforce. Um, that's going to be critical to the success, success of the maritime sector. The question, and it's a big one, not just for the IMO, but for the whole of the industry, is how does shipping compete with all of the other sectors that are competing for this talent? Uh, you know, the brightest and best are not necessarily choosing shipping as a, as a first choice in, in, in many respects, and, and that is a problem. Um, so, I mean, the question is, you know, what, what, what can the IMO do to create the work right, the, the right working conditions and, and, and attract and train the next generation of crew and shoreside talent? It is uh, simple. Really? There is a two conditions. Two conditions to attract like best people, future generation to become a seafarer. Two conditions. One, seafarer themselves have to be respecting shipping company, operating company, manage the company for their performance, for their work. One second. Second one, if they work on board the ship as a seafarer a certain time, as I mentioned earlier, their expertise, career experience at the sea, if it is utilized, utilized properly to show for a passion, this is on two conditions, then the seafaring uh, profession will be very much popular and welcome by the future or current best generation. So how we make these two elements? Okay. My idea is that among 174 member states, at least a certain number of member states, they have a, a very positive culture, respect the CPRs, appreciate their work and uh, provide a certain a certain like a good level of uh, like uh, like uh, the financial support so i'm going to uh, collect best practices of uh, culture practices and system and then collective you no know, consolidated those uh, those information that disseminated the all uh, our member state one and the second one as i mentioned in order to this one we are going to have a, a communication, cross-consultation with the ILO and the industry to develop the, this kind of idea. 
So we like a governing body, leading public or private sector group, if we collaborate and communicate together, I think we can develop very good idea to attract the very best young generation. So, so I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Also, as I mentioned, I'm going to uh, separate a meeting with a major seafaring country to discuss strategy, how they uh, provide uh, high quality of seafarers. And then uh, we talk with uh, uh, shipping uh, private sectors, how they promote their attitude policy toward the seafarers to respect their performance, to respect their social status. So I think a different uh, the ideas can be developed and uh, implemented. Wonderful. Um, Secretary General, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on World Maritime Day with the Lois List podcast. Oh, thank you, uh, Mr. Richard Mead. Thank you for your interest and uh, concern on this issue. We will, the uh, IMO, we will do our best to uh, the serve or support the seafarers for the uh, sustainable future shipping industry. Thank you. Thank you. Test, test.